0: Kyle and Dave versus the machine. My name is Kyle,
1: and I'm uh,
2: yeah Dave. And I'm the machine.
0: <laughs> this is a podcast where a sentient machine is forcing us each season to watch movies from a specific year in order to prevent it from starting the apocalypse. The machine still ends our lives if we don't review the films it asks us to. Though we do tend to talk about the ideas of the movie rather than the movie itself. We're in the year 2018, which means we get to now jump into the movie Cold War.
1: cztery oczy O jo jo Sopłaka we dnia w nocy O jo jo Czarne poczeka co płacze że się spotkać nie możecie The famous the Instantly recognizable blockbuster.
0: Um, I mean, I know I know you're joking about that, and sure. The the, the layman, the laywoman, the layperson. Probably has never Us heard of this. Us regular movie. folk. Us regular folk. Uh, I think if you are into international cinema, this is a pretty big entry into that from the last five years. This is okay. a pretty important director, uh, from Poland sure. who is if, recognizable through the art house crowd and again, international cinema. So I don't think it's like completely obscure.
1: Okay. I'll take your word for it.
0: <laughs> All right. Fine. Listen, big thank you to our patrons over on Patreon. Their contributions help us continue the show since, you know, fishing doesn't help us pay for these movies. Plus each month we do a bonus episode over there. Before we get into talking about this week's movie, one of the things that people of course come to the show for, not just our in-depth discussions about film insightful, not just our, our, Political digressions about the United it's States of America. It's not a
1: digression if we watch a movie about American yeah, politics,
0: uh, and, and not just our. I'm going to say insightful commentary yes. on international film. Obvi. but they also come in for our <laughs> deep and rich fiction. I, I mean, not We much. do get a lot of comments and emails about it. Ask <laughs> so us many
1: how to resolve the next cliffhanger. Dozens. Right?
0: Spoiler alert. And dozens and dozens of comments. Mm-hmm, i assume mm-hmm. anyways there does seem to be this collision happening dave i found like the machine has been quieter than normal this week i know you don't hang around this this condo all that often but uh only when you come over to record um right right <laughs> again in this fiction we're in the same room as one yes another.
1: yes oh sounds like it
0: <laughs> and uh yeah no the, the machines have been quieter this week i don't know it seems to be like morose like it's pining oh, wow. over a lost love.
1: Moody. You've given this uh, you this machine quite a depth, mm-hmm. a depth of behavioral capability, considering you designed it three years ago and Chat GPT had not yet evolved to where it is now, unless now, you've been secretly updating it. Well, I, talk, I which told you this case, last this week. is all your fault. Last week yeah. I did
0: infuse some Chat GPT into its memory bank. So that's not good. A mistake. I think it might be that woman we met a few weeks ago, but uh, well, no, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to jump too far ahead into this story that we're weaving.
1: Well, if anyone's going to fall in love with a woman, it'll be a robot that looks like a slot machine. This is going to work really well for us.
0: Yeah.
2: Are you slot shaming me?
0: I also wanted just to briefly touch upon sometimes we do like news stories, updates, that sort of thing. Something that we did not mention. This is like a few weeks old now at this point. I just wanted to mention it just because we did cover their film a couple of years ago, but it was the passing away of Topol. The, uh, the, the, oh, the lead the Fiddler of on the Fiddler roof. on the Roof. Too bad. I just think it's, uh, something to mention, you know, he's, okay. he's uh, an important figure in film and, and stage and screen. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't know. What, uh, we don't have an in more uh, phase of our award ceremony. So frankly just start
0: just start singing that Sarah McLaughlin song and I'm, I'll talk about it. So
1: <laughs> I will remember you. I all and anytime I hear that I just associate uh, starving puppies. I do I think too. a big that was the animal rights it one, was. right? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Anyways, I just wanted to mention that I think it uh, always kind of sad to see uh, people pass away. Uh, but I mean, he had a full. Look, we're long... at the
1: age where you shouldn't get sad about it because they're all dying. Oh. I
0: know, but you know what I was thinking here, <laughs> like the specifically the directors, like yes, actors and actresses that we grew up also with die. are getting older. Yes,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm talking about like the ones that have meant the most to me as you we know, go becoming a film fan, et cetera, et cetera. Like I'm thinking of you know Spielberg, Scorsese. Even Kalenisui, oh. to an extent, it's like like I how many know. like we're talking like maybe ten years, fifteen mm-hmm. at the absolute most for some of them, and then it's mm-hmm. like that's going to be. Kind of
1: it, it for them. Maybe we're left with the David Finchers.
0: I was going to say. And then it's like the David Finchers, Paul Thomas Anderson's, Christopher yeah. Nolan's, like that other yeah. <laughs> group.
1: Denis Villeneuve is yeah. like but He's new. a little bit younger than them, but yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. like a new voice, even though he's been around a while.
0: I know it's just time marches on and I know you're just going to say like, well, people die, but there's something to that. It's like you're, no, it's you have more, to force uh, your, your past to, to leave.
1: It's not people die. It's that we're going to die, Kyle. And as we get older um, and we see these phases of culture. I think I'm going to infuse myself with chat GPT. So I don't, I don't
0: have (laughs) much to worry about.
1: When when you're 19 or 25 and your whole world is based on yourself Mm. and you're watching a fresh hip movies, you don't really think about the fact that all the actors and directors and people around you that you look up to culturally, in fact, age with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: Because there's a timeless nature about physical media.
0: Well, I think it's also, it, there's that insidious thing that happens, especially for films like you that you re-watch a lot. Mm-hmm. For the actors, at least in them, they never age. Like, you're aging, That's but right. they're never aging. So then when it's like, they die, like, what? How is that possible? They're still so... <laughs>
1: and then you see the picture like, oh, in the uh, yes. Oscars, you're like,
0: oh, shit. They are 80 <laughs> Yeah, they had a good run. Mm-hmm.
2: Both of you should take a good run off a cliff. Talking about
0: histories... I know it's going to be none, but still, uh, the director and writer of this film, Paweł Pawlikowski. (laughs) Never heard of him before. Big name in international cinema, which I know is a niche of a niche of a niche at this point, but still.
1: Especially in Poland. I do not watch any Polish content.
0: I only learned here this week after doing very minimal research, I will be the first to admit, uh, he fled Poland. He actually lived in London for most of his life.
1: Yeah, I mean, isn't that the core crux of this film? Yeah,
0: true enough. I'm just saying that yeah. he didn't—he hasn't lived his entire life in Poland. Oh,
1: I just mean, like, even when we talk about this film, I have trouble with the context of it because it's very specifically Polish.
0: Sure. Like, what's a what's another Polish? Yeah, I like, could, is, literally uh, could not even tell you. I know I've watched some Eastern Bloc stuff, like the um, Three Colors trilogy from the '90s. Oh. Isn't that French? That's not, it's French. not French. No, because uh, it's, let me just look it up. I'll tell you the guy's name. It's just because Julia Binoche yeah, is exactly. in it. It's <laughs> just because <the> Julia <laughs> Binoche is in it. But uh, three, I always and thought then, it was a French film. Uh, And then that same director did the Decalogue, which is Krzysztof Kiloslowski is who directed mm. the Three Maybe Colors. He's Polish. He's too. Polish. Right. I just like yeah. It. So I guess yeah. that is the only other filmmaker from Poland that I am Sounds aware Polish. of. But I think you're right. I think that there is certainly a, a vernacular that you have to, if not research, try and just figure. Be
1: open-minded out. Open-minded to or something.
0: I'm of two minds of this, uh, and we'll get into this when we discuss the film in more depth. There's certainly like an arm's length of certain references that, yes, I am just not gonna pick up on this film, uh but that is I think that's true for any film that's not in English you like you do have to come at it from a different oh, sure. perspective. Absolutely. I don't think that necessarily necessitates it's like you know an English audience cannot identify with this or can't engage no, no. with it, but
1: uh, I didn't mean it that way i think I think on a whole, if the subject matter and the narrative are broad, universal, and talking about sort of human nature, then it can cross the boundaries of language or specific visual cues. For me, this one reminded me a lot of, let's say, uh, what was that American indie filmmaker we interviewed at SIF? He did that homage to his uh, grandfather. Right, yeah. That's what it felt like to me. I felt like it, this was so personal that if you weren't actually Polish, it just felt it felt foreign to me. Like we've watched a lot of foreign films, sure. and uh, many of them don't feel foreign because they're trying to communicate in a universal language. Even tartovsky like it's a fucking weird movie, but he's not really commenting on Russia per se. He's kind of talking about like human yeah, consciousness. Yeah,
0: huge, big <laughs> <laughs> so topics, It's weird,
1: yeah, yeah. and there's a Russian language about how he visualizes stuff, but you know, he can still kind of get what he's getting at. This one, yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah, but okay. I, I felt very disconnected from it.
0: Oh, interesting, okay. Yeah. I will say this, just to spoil, let part, spoil part of my opinion. After reading a bunch of reviews after I watched this movie, I have a very different impression of the central of story, apparently. Mm. Of, uh, okay. Again, we'll get into that. I learned about this movie, as you may know, because I watch the Oscars every year. This had some Oscar nominations. So that's yes. basically my first introduction to this. Did not watch it at the time. So this is going to be my first watch of this film. If you don't know, but you won't because you don't watch the award shows and don't engage with it. The one yeah. branch of the Academy that always has some very intriguing choices and selections is the director's branch. They're the, always mm. the ones that kind of push out and always try to include some sort of like international cinema where some mm. of the other branches don't necessarily engage with it all that much. Okay. People are lost with that. How the Academy Awards works, I don't know about other awards organizations, but how the Academy works is that each branch, so if you are a director, you vote on who you think should be nominated in the Best Director category. If you're a screenwriter, you vote on who you think should be nominated for the Best Screenplay Awards. Then once those nominations are, the entire Academy votes on who they think should win. But the nominations come from the branches themselves. And so this movie got the best director nomination, but did not get a best picture nomination, which is not a normal thing. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying like normally if you get a best director, you're at least in the best uh, picture yeah. conversation, even if you don't yeah. win. This is this weird little sneak in of uh, the best director category because they're definitely not going to nominate uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. For Bohemian Best Rhapsody.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, it wasn't, eh? So how come it's not controversial the opposite way? Well,
0: I, part of it is that they allow up to 10 nominations for Best Picture, and there's still only mm. five Nominations, but usually the five best directors are like a clue on who like the real five best picture nominees are. Mm, Okay. Usually, since they've increased it to the ten nominees, which I've always thought was a bad idea. Anyways, you get this weirdness. You just get this weirdness of like best picture, best director, yeah, not matching up necessarily.
2: There's some movies that direct themselves though. Uh,
0: But yeah, so jumping into it, it's an easy breezy 88 minutes. So that's nice Mm -hmm. to see. We're not uh, Mm -hmm. gonna belabor the point here. So. As we mentioned last week, we are no longer part of the Alberta Podcast Network because the Alberta Podcast Network technically doesn't exist anymore.
1: Yeah, I think you should phrase that differently. (laughs) It sounds like we got kicked out. Just say it doesn't exist. We don't have any sponsors and we need more Patreon supporters because
0: we broke. But what we're still going to do, we're going to take a bit of a break and then when we return, we're Uh going to be talking about Cold War. You just... You can't break habit. I can't break There's habit. A, I yeah. I, I, just, I have to throw to a break, Dave. Oh, no, just let it go. No, just let it go. I just want to tell people. Let me get my little document up here. Oh my that god! That Kyle and Dave vs. the Machine is currently an independent production that relies on the <laughs> generosity. Actually, so, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. that, that relies on the generosity of the people listening to the show. I did not run this past you at all. No. So just no. hash it out here on air. Obviously, Patreon, number one way to help support us here to keep doing this show.
1: Most direct way, anyways. Most direct
0: way. But secondly, I think, uh, you know, we had a certain fee that we got paid per episode by the Alberta Podcast Network. If you out there have something that you want to promote, maybe it's your own podcast, a book, or something that you've created, Uh why not sell some ad space on our very program here?
1: All right. The commodification of human labor,
0: you know, we need capital. Exactly. To continue doing this. So uh, yeah, get in contact with us if you want to be a a sponsor of an episode of the show Mm. and Mm. uh, we can make that
1: happen. Sure. Yeah. We've been spending a lot of time reading ad reads we have no interest in. So if you have something that makes us happy, Uh, we'll love it. Dave,
0: Are you telling me that you did not have a deep abiding passion for the Edmonton Community (laughs) Foundation? Uh, You know what I will
1: say is I'm happy. That all of those people were doing work, but, you know.
0: (laughs) was doing work. Great for them. That's
1: good, right? Yeah. Yeah, someone has to do it. Yeah, they're more successful than we are because they're paying for ad space.
0: True. All right. Well, Dave, we have sat down and watched this film, uh, both of us for the very first time. And um, I think we should create a scenario, maybe catch some people up on what this film is even about, if they have not watched it themselves. So let's create a bit of a scenario here. Let's say that it's um, uh, a Polish celebration. Maybe uh, don't they have a special Easter celebration? Sausage
1: party? I don't know. Yeah. Wow.
0: <laughs> okay. What what have you been going to? <laughs> that's the to? only
1: food I think of. No, Ukrainian or and Greek Orthodox. Oh, I'm thinking of
0: Ukrainian Easter. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, that's, that's embarrassing. the eggs. Yeah. The Orthodox um, Christian. Let's say that uh, there's a Polish celebration happening I mean, here in the city yeah. of Calgary. I would
1: assume they have something like oktoberfest not necessarily in october because when i think of polish celebration i can picture the costumes being very similar to that uh central european thing with the colorful skirts and head stuff and maybe some suspenders but i don't know i've known polish people but i've never asked them about their culture does that make me a racist
0: kind of i think so um i think uh i mean i've always known that but um we could we could celebrate this is according to trafalgar.com, so it has to be true.
1: Yeah. I was gonna
0: say you should look it up at trafalgar.com. It's uh, there is a, a celebration in Poland called Smigus Dingus or otherwise known as Wet Monday. Uh, It says, If staying dry is your preferred state of self, don't visit Poland on Wet Monday. The whole country follows an age-old tradition which resembles one big water fight. This is one of the Polish traditions linked to Christianity, whereby splashing water is considered a blessing. Moreover, Wet Monday celebrates the arrival of spring and the future of a relationship. The Polish believe the girl who gets the most soaked in the celebration (gasps) will be the first to marry. This sounds made up, and I fear that it is. (laughs)
1: You gotta. You're not gonna make a joke about being the wettest thing. Eh? Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, I've been to some of those contests before. I just didn't know it was a Polish celebration. <laughs> anyway, so we're at this. We're at this wet contest. We're getting wet, and <laughs> someone turns around. and has Cold War on DVD. And like, hey, uh, what's this movie about? Still in a wrap
1: to protect <laughs> to the protect contents yeah, from yeah. all the water. What is this about? I would say. You know, I might even say like a star-crossed couple. In, the, in Poland in the '50s during the Cold War, uh, navigate their relationship amongst the turbulence mm-hmm. of the political times.
0: Yeah, so this runs from 1949 until 1961, I think, I or 1962, dates. something like that. Yeah,
1: I mean, if you want to add like musicians, but I don't, I don't even think that's that important by the end. But, uh, well, I guess we gonna talk about yeah.
0: That. Uh, we'll get to that because I actually quite like the music in this. But so, oh
1: no, I don't have a problem with the music in it. I just think that you know, I wiki it after, and it's loosely and it says it's made for this director's parents. Yes, this what I'm talking about, it's too personal. Like, I, I don't
0: think being personal is a bad thing, but uh, yes, there's very some things that are like you just, need to understand a lot of the context the thing. around Not it,
1: personal meaning. Like, it's a love letter or a letter reflection on his direct personal experience. And since I'm not a part of it, I don't understand any of the context of why are they musicians? Why is it important? By the end, it, they could be anything. It doesn't even have to be in Poland. It's just...
0: So, you yeah. hated the movie is what you're saying.
1: No, like, it is beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's gorgeous. The it cinematography is, is, is fucking
1: ridiculous, man. And it's acted well. And I don't even really mind the interweaving of the different stages of their life but as we've discussed before any sort of tragic relationship story already needs to climb a hill for me because by the end uh even before the climax the finale i started wondering like why do i care why do i care that these idiots keep fucking this up
0: their entire
1: for the 30 years and it's not pulling me in because I, there's nothing to attach me to their suffering. So
0: this is the thing that I feel like I'm at, at odds with what other reviewers are talking about in this movie. This is not going to make that point any better for you, I don't think. I ultimately don't see this as a love story. Like at all. I don't see this as like this grand like, oh and they finally made it to each other and they they express their love no, it's and a kill love themselves. Tragedy. Like yeah, I see this as a tragedy that every time they meet up with each other, yes, there's this obsession they have with each other, they're pulled to each other, but I feel like the the movie very clearly communicates. That that's a bad thing, that they've destroyed each other's lives because of this obsession. And I find that a bit compelling. I think this, if this was longer than the 88 minutes, it would grate on me. But as it is, it's a very quick snapshot of a tragic story. But I don't feel uplifted. I don't feel like, oh my god, how romantic this story is at the end of it. Yeah, and yet, every reviewer says that. It's like, oh, how romantic this story well, is. Well,
1: this is the Blue Valentine problem. When you have broken, lonely intellectuals watch a
0: piece of shit like this,
1: not that it's bad, Mm -hmm. but like the story of suffering, people just not finding what they're supposed to get and this like resentment and bitterness that it's not their fault, you know, that it's some higher power that's made them so miserable. And then they attach to that narrative. Like I said, it's a personal thing. Sure. Um, Then yeah, they might- uh, connect with it. But when I watch films of this nature, or read books of this nature, I don't connect with any moral underpinning. Like what is this movie actually about, right? I think that's why by the end I was feeling very frustrated as you brought up. I'm glad it wasn't longer, but I also felt like if it was a little bit longer, we got a little bit more space to open up some of, especially towards the end, you know, when they're really spiraling, it's like basically cutscenes. you know, Mm -hmm. how did he end up in prison? Why is uh, his hands broken? Whose kid does she have? What happens to the kids when they kill themselves? Is the director the abandoned kid of the communist? Who the fuck knows? By the end, nobody gives a shit, you know, and it's just a mess. I do agree,
0: maybe in that last 20 minutes run there's another couple of reviewers i read who feel like this is a movie on fast forward is what someone wrote i'm like yeah i do i do kind of agree with that this feels very much like um yeah a short story like a bunch of snippets of somebody's life that Mm -hmm. i think each viewer has to go away and be like well this is what it means to me which i know Mm -hmm. frustrates a lot of people but i don't know if there is one like this is the grand statement that this director is trying to make
1: he must have had one but yeah Uh, uh, you know, and the other thing, I, you know, I didn't sit there with a stopwatch, but I feel like I was in it about 60% of the way because it actually did take time to develop, you know, like the, I love the opening where they're surveying folk uh, music. Then you get this little American Idol piece where they're yeah. trying to cultivate this group. We're introduced to this broken woman, you know, with the mythology of killing her dad, which never is important by the end. It's literally just disappears at some point. And then we have a little bit of the Cold War at the beginning about defection and that the other organizer who just can't abide by the communist uh, rule, but she also disappears and is completely irrelevant by the middle of the film. And then once he's in Paris and we have jazz music and we have this sort of like burgeoning culture in the West and then she reappears, it's kind of like, all right, I'm in it. Like, let me see where this goes. And then they just start bouncing back and forth and every 10 years they're back and everybody's like unhappy. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on anymore. Yeah. You know, it's still pretty, but I've lost my interest in these people who just cannot pick a lane. You
0: know? Yeah, I mean, two things with that. For me, I think that the whole, like, this movie is called Cold War. It's important that this is happening right after World War II, so there's some context you need to know going in with that. For me, I, like again, because I've had such a different outlook on what most reviewers talk about in this movie, to me, it's felt like the Cold War was, like, this interruption of an affair that should have lasted for, like, A year or two but because they kept separating and like pining for each other it exacerbated this problem that's what it kind of felt Uh, to me is what the point of having it be set during this time in the first place but
1: that's my problem is you can you can make the same story without the cold war it's not important right i mean you could it's like the romeo and juliet thing it could be for any arbitrary reason that they are not allowed to be it could be like you have to move to the other side of the united states not to make it too north american but you know we have films that are smaller and potential political context. So putting this in a communist, demo- uh, I'm capitalist, east-west European backdrop, I feel like it's a huge missed opportunity by the end because it doesn't feel that important by the end of the film. Other than also giving him these beautiful visual backdrops because we are comparing sort of rural and, I don't know if you need to say underdeveloped, but certainly biased communist architecture and feeling and tone versus the urban density and griminess of Paris right I don't know I mean just felt like excuses I mean this is an aesthetic film you know mm-hmm. it almost feels like it's a whole purpose is to make pretty pictures, which I love. I mean, like I was texting you, some of the lighting, particularly the first 20 minutes, I have no idea how they built some of those shots. They're just gorgeous. But by the end, I was like, yeah, it's still pretty, but I don't know why I sat down for 88 minutes for these miserable fuckers to eat a bunch of pills and be done with it. Right. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, I know, think I'm by the it.
0: end, it, your mind is going to vary about about whether or not the journey was worth it i think ultimately i i was (laughs) down for that ride even though yeah that final 20 minutes is a little bit of a deflation for me
2: you're a deflation every time you walk into a room
0: i did want to bring up the music though because i think that that's where it's at its best so to put it up front i mean the the central relationship is problematic in that it's an older man and but supposedly a younger woman like it's a student age is what I it guess. seems like, I guess. Yeah, she's
1: supposed to be younger, but he's a good looking guy. And I think they don't do enough to make that visually apparent. Right. Maybe the standard Polish young man looks a bit, I have no idea, yeah, you know, know, casting and all that kind of stuff. But, but, but at the beginning, that was kind of harder to
0: understand. Regardless, he's yeah. going around with, a, you know, another woman, I, but they're not in a relationship as far as I understand. They're just like colleagues.
1: There's a part where she was thirsting for him. So okay. it, that was very complex too. I thought she was going to be a more central character. She, up not that being... actress had a lot of uh, visual charisma yeah. and I thought she could have played a bigger role in it.
0: Regardless, they're going and auditioning people all over Poland to do these traditional folk songs. Although, I read up later, the song that she auditions with, the single... is not Polish. It's not Polish. Yeah. It's from a Russian musical is what she's That's performing right. from. So She says that, yeah. A little bit of context that you kind of need to know, I think, And well, that they,
1: too. They say that explicitly, and they also talk about how many of the folk uh, songs are not in Polish. It was called Ludren or something. It mm. was a different sub like, uh, community culture whatever, you know, like how sure. most country countries quote unquote are amalgams of smaller communities. Uh, so like, uh, indigenous almost, it's hard to use that word in Europe, isn't it? I
0: know. But I mean, I think, I think <laughs> partly of what it is, is to show he is passionate about the music. Like he really wants yeah. to celebrate this traditional music of Poland. It gets yeah. co-opted because they now have like a picture of Stalin in the background. He's like, no, I like, I don't want this to be, you know. Compared with this rise of communism, that I'm not a big fan of.
1: No, but that—that's the problem. It was his partner that was vocal, mm-hmm. and he is this like flat middle guy who will not Sorry, stand yeah, up yeah, yeah. for any of it, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's willing to compromise himself. That, and this—this this is my point. It's very awkward. Like it wasn't about democracy. It wasn't about politics. He's just this weird flat. I don't know like torture. Yeah, I had a musician. hard time
0: reading him as a character
1: anyways keep going keep going
0: so, I, I, I was, I'm was, i trying to get to the point of like and then they get to Paris and yeah there's like that infusion of jazz and culture not, not folk songs sure. is what I'm trying to say modern music and then there's like that scene where there's the rock and roll music from the US mm-hmm. that she dances to I just think that music is used so interestingly throughout this yep. movie to like almost like comment on character so yeah any of those scenes I thought were phenomenal I was like yeah more of this please as we get further into it it just seemed like yeah, th- these two people are set to destroy each other, and you have to be kind of okay with that. It's—I always bring up Breaking Bad in this I- exchange because it's like at a certain point, the person you're following is not a good person anymore, and you kind of have to be like along for the ride. You get into that problematic thing of like, well, maybe he was justified for doing all these bad things that people do for central characters. I don't actually agree with any of these decisions. I find it compelling. The drama is compelling, but I don't really like them. <laughs> As characters uh, any longer, so you have to kind of increase like the filmmaking prowess. I-, I think where I'm where I'm circling the drain here is that just like you, I ultimately don't know what I'm supposed to take from this. At the very end, it's tragic. It's it's sad, but that it- but I feel like there's something more that's trying to be communicated that I'm just not grasping at.
1: Well, that's. I think that doesn't. And I think that's where this movie for me, I mean, it feels such a strong word, but misses the mark. I think I just read this essay trying to talk about the difference between plot and story. But one yeah. of the things they touch upon is that the story concept is one in which a tale ultimately is trying to convey a moral and human experience for you to either empathize with or to deride. Right but ultimately to kind of have a purpose that we share. And so they bring up the example, which is interesting about why human beings will slow down and look at crash accident scenes. And you know, in their opinion, it's that there's this innate need for our brains to take some cues and then personalize it. You know, we may not be conscious of it in the top front level, but when you drive by an accident scene, there's a question of, uh, could that be me? Do I know what I would do differently in more than just the visceral sort of, uh, gore of wanting to see, uh, you know, dead body pulled from I don't think anybody, I mean, not, no, that's not fair, but like most of us aren't really looking for the voyeuristic aspect. It's there's something more, you know, subconscious. So a film like this, I think where it misses the mark for me, is just what you're saying. I don't understand why I watched it. I don't identify with it. I can follow a story in which you have the star-crossed lovers who seem to always make mistakes, but because the timescale is so long and compressed so quickly, by the end I've completely lost interest in the fact they've spent 20 years fucking it up, you know, it's like, or whatever, 15 years. I just can't identify with that much self-destruction. This is why, like, as soon as she shows up in Paris and you see that they've lived, uh, that they've split into two different paths... I was like okay like this is quite compelling it's watch it's fascinating to watch her live in her both of them in this idealism and then she is confronted with the fact that he's sort of this kind of like we were talking about he's not against communism he's very self-serving and he's always trying to Kowtow. I don't know if that's a racist term now, but to kind of like go along with other people's will for popularity. And what he believes is the music uh, in the end casting her side in that moment. And I was like, that's, that's a compelling story. It's fascinating. Yeah. And then she leaves, he chases her yeah. and then he decides to go to prison for 15 years. And you're like, what is going on? Yeah, that's, why? Yeah, yeah. that's a quick change. And then it comes out with this mangled hands and she's got a kid and just totally succumbed Drunk to alcoholism. Yeah, yeah.
0: And you're just like, what is well, happening? I guess the only way out of this is killing ourselves. I'm like, I don't know if that's <laughs> true. so random, man. <laughs> you know what film that just popped into my head? Very, very different. But one of my favorite films of all time, which is Once. So, the Irish mm. film Once, which is also yeah. a film about two people who do fall in love and ultimately cannot be with each other, but it happens over the yeah. course of like two weeks. She's Polish in that film too. And now I'm just thinking of yes, think. it. Think Weird. So, okay. Yeah. And part of the reason I like the movie is that it's tragic. It's like these two people who want to be two, with each other, but ultimately cannot be with each other. They completely yes. go their separate ways at the at the very end. It's a beautiful movie. I feel like this is trying for something similar and it no, doesn't but, hit it but for that's me. That's
1: my point. It's not it's that's why it's too personal. It doesn't have that intention it is almost like a biopic trapped in hitting these points on these specific dates where these events have to happen for it to make sense to the director but not to the general audience and so when you watch once it's not just the narrative and the plot the story is beautiful because we have this um you know weight between two idealists mm-hmm. and this beautiful music but in the end they're just too far apart as far right. as what they need and want out of life and so you can drop personal importance to it. You can evaluate your own life within that lens. I think that's why you and I don't really like biopics. Because if you watch Gandhi or what was the other one we just watched? Uh, Well, Vice. Vice. You know, by the end of the film, it's like, I...
0: Bohemian. Can't City. Glean, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. What am I supposed to connect with here? I don't have the talent to sing the greatest rock anthems of all time. I am not an Indian pacifist who's going to spend 80 years of my life fighting British imperialism. I'm not Dick Cheney. And so like, you know, by the end of those films, I cannot uh, contextualize a moral or a personal life reflection mm. at all. So, I can't connect with the material. But as we also brought up, any of those films, you truncate that into a specific single event that reflects some moral lesson about why we should like or hate this character. I think both of you and I would love mm-hmm. uh, a film of that nature. And uh, I think this doing the same thing It's just a lot shorter and it yeah. still misses the mark because… If you had left it in Paris, where they split up, I was going
0: to say, like, I'm, I think I would have liked this more, like the beginning part, and then them just staying in Paris for the rest of the movie, and then ultimately yeah. her going away and him being like, "That's once all of a sudden, should I go or should I stay?" Basically, yes. is how you could leave the movie. That's once, right? It is. We're basically we're basically describing the film once. Well, I mean, that's why
1: it would be impactful. Yeah, you could have the same, all the same stuff. It would be more beautiful than once. This Again, the cinematography this thing is fucking ridiculous. Uh, yeah, off
0: the charts. Yeah, yeah.
1: Controversial, maybe. I thought it was better than Roma. I mean, there are sure, yeah. pieces of this where you're just like, you're taken aback. It's what keeps you in this film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's too long. For an 88-minute 88, 88
0: film to be considered too long, it's a problem.
2: I think every movie should be three plus hours.
0: Bring up Roma, just as a quick comparison. I just thought it was interesting. I don't think there's actually any deeper meaning to this, but two movies shot in black and white, and both Mm in the four by three format. And I'm just wondering, I'm wondering why. Anytime you do the four by three format, is an intentional choice. Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering why both of them decided to film in four by three. If I had to guess, I think that both
1: directors are photographers first, as Mm -hmm. far as their eye. And a lot of photographers, particularly film photographers, uh, will pay homage to an era before the 35 millimeter Kodak, uh, whatever, 4 by 3 whatever, where you used large uh, mirrored film cameras that produce this ratio. And you can just get a sense of the proportions that fit into that screen. It's one of the things that I was noticing, particularly at the beginning, more so at the end, the way to measure geometrically to include perspectives like that one of the approach scenes of that mansion where they're able to put the driveway and the building and the horizon into that four by three frame is like i I, yeah again i was taken aback it's almost like that imax
0: feeling you're like wow this feels like great great depth they're walking through trees at one point. I'm like, I don't know how you <laughs> get yeah, them I don't and know. the trees and the skyline in in clarity. Everything wants something to be blown out by this, but
1: it's crazy, right? Or like uh, some of the visual textures at the beginning where they're in the forest and there's fog or snow, yeah, and yeah. You, everything's so lit so perfectly. You can see every everything they want you to see. Like it's it's quite impressive on technical standpoint. And this guy clearly understands film.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I just feel like. I, in my sense is that the story is too close to his heart and that when he watched it, he was uh, like editing it. It was loaded with his personal interpretation rather than with the audience in mind.
0: One thing I forgot to bring up is I actually have seen one of his other films before, which is Ida from 2013. And that one is such a much smaller scale I think it's only a weekend I'm pretty sure it only takes place over a weekend but also four by three also in black and white uh, also in Poland but it follows this nun who basically is like discovers something about her past and basically has this wild weekend and has to decide do I want to still be a nun Or go off and have a life outside of the nunnery. I won't spoil what her choice is. I love that movie. That movie is so (laughs) good. But I think it is because he was able to focus more on like this one character, her choice. It doesn't have to feel like it's so burdened by, we have to tell this 15 year story and have this magnum opus trying feeling of it when it's, we don't need to. I
1: know. We're not technically in a good seat to be critical of master filmmakers, but at least from the audience's chair. Yeah, personally, by the end, I was doing a lot of uh, shrugging <laughs> and I was disappointed because it is so well crafted at the beginning as we like to rewrite films. I think if your point of this film is to talk about how the, I- the idealization of romantic love and sexual Love is not enough to make a relationship work, then, yeah, like spending more time in Paris when they reunite and understanding that they are just not the people they were when they first met. Mm-hmm. Even spending some time with, if you want, the politics, with how difficult, I mean, basically defecting. I, I don't know if this is true. You just walk across a bridge, which just also felt very casual to me. I don't know. It just felt like a lot of wasted context other than beautiful. Visual things of having soldiers and and foggy alleyways and, you know, things like that.
0: Especially when like, um, I had to look it up and I know this is Germany, not Poland, but I was like, when did the Berlin Wall come up? I'm trying to, I was trying to remember like when they, 61, uh, which is when this movie ends. Like that's the last year that they're a part of. I was like, are they trying to make that? Anyways, no, I don't think it is.
1: Yeah, if you're definitely, if you're a baby boomer and early Gen X Polish person who grew up under the sort of mm. communist era this m- will have deeper weight because oh, sure. you will have into the personal experience or someone who's been through this as a privileged north american what's interesting to me is that we watch films about this era and can identify often with the narrative but for me this one just felt so detached i can't put my finger on why this is also probably why i don't like Wonkar car that much you know like when you have Right. films that are designed to be beautiful but at the end of the day i don't give a shit about what actually happened in it then i'm already not going to watch it ever again because there's beautiful things all around us all the whole time i can look at fil- photographs or art films or whatever you know then there's always another art film that's going to come out
0: my uh, eternal shame is that i've actually never watched a Wong car Wai film so i have no comment oh. unfortunately um that being said i've been watching a lot of i know totally different filmmaker Uh, But I've been watching a bunch more of uh, Park Chan Wooks films here. this. this, I've been seeing that
1: on your Letterboxd. Yeah. How's that going?
0: Uh, There's another podcast I'm listening to that uh, is about to go through his entire filmography. So I'm like, I wanted to catch up on some of the ones I hadn't seen before.
1: Koreans are weird, man. Koreans have a culture of deep resentment and suffering. This is why all of their films are so fucking weird and I dark.
0: Know, but I, I don't know. For some reason, I'm drawn to that.
1: <laughs> well, pe- most people are. It's why they're having this
0: cultural surgence. Korean new wave, surgence. baby.
2: I just like that one movie with the giant squid. So sexy.
0: The let's do some backstory here. So this movie opens up on May tenth, twenty eighteen, at the Cannes International Film Festival. Currently rated 4.0 on Letterboxd, seven point five on IMDb, has a ninety on Metacritic, and on Rotten Tomatoes, from two hundred and fifty five critics, it has a ninety two percent, and from one thousand users, it has an eighty one percent. A lot of people have watched this movie. Let's put it that way.
1: No, I am. Never heard of it before. Available
0: on DVD and Blu ray, available to also rent on both YouTube and iTunes, and at least here in Canada, you can stream it on Amazon Prime. Its budget, adjusted uh, into American dollars, is roughly 5 million American dollars. Its box office was $20 million worldwide. So it actually did pretty good investment on a $5 million budget.
1: As a percentage. Yeah.
0: Its plot description is. In the 1950s, a music director falls in love with a singer and tries to persuade her to flee communist Poland for France. Like, on that point, when they meet up and he is scoring for films, mm-hmm. love seeing that process. But mm-hmm. also, I was trying to figure out what the movie was. I don't know what that movie oh, is that he's that like, scoring. That film noir, whatever he's seeing, Because yeah. it is a real movie. It's like, ah, uh, I've seen this and I just cannot place what the oh, heck really? it is. Yeah. At least a, a, yeah. a sna- that scene I've seen before. A, so, if anyone knows, let me know what it is because it's like, it's driving me nuts. What is this? Just Google it. All I right, tried right. and it wouldn't tell oh, me. it didn't
1: come up. So, maybe it's not a real movie. Maybe it's not.
0: Maybe I'm just making it up.
1: Maybe it's just built. No, I mean, those film, those visual cues for film noir are pretty, pretty
0: similar. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Shadow, I mean, close-up of a hand. Yeah. Um, by the way, <laughs> this morning... I rewatched Who Framed Roger Rabbit, another film uh, noir, and uh, what a huh. tonal shift watching Cold War <laughs> and then Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I really want to watch that again.
1: I know so it's good. not streaming though, right? What? I don't think so. Who Framed oh, Roger wait. Rabbit? wait, it's on Disney. Yeah. Oh shit! It's on I should watch, watch it. it right now, but it's a bit too adult for my son. Yeah, right? I was actually yeah.
0: One, there's like four jokes that happened in it. I'm like, I did not pick up on that as a kid at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. This is like,
1: it's got Jessica Rabbit. It's gonna be a well, lot of like, sex. I mean, jokes. that I understood
0: yeah. like the sex jokes and stuff. But I'm talking about like they're talking about, oh no, political intrigue that just was not something that I picked up oh. on as a kid. And like actual stuff that was happening in L.A. in the, in the '40s. 90s. And it's like,
1: oh, oh in the '40s, because that that's con- where it's taking context. place. Anyways, yeah, that's yeah, yeah.
0: beside the point. Anyways, perfect movie, five out of five. It's a great movie. No. Yeah. Dave. Piano normally scene. we play. Yeah. Oh, the piano. It's one of my favorite scenes. Also, one of my favorite lines of all time when Roger takes his hand out of the cuffs that they've been cuffed together, and he's like, "You could do that the entire time." He's like, "No, I can only do it when it was funny." And it's <laughs> great punchline. Normally, we play a game called Guess That Tag, but weirdly, you can't pronounce it. Weirdly, it's in Polish. There is no tagline for this movie. <laughs> Uh, although, are you going to take your son to see uh, Super Mario Brothers?
1: Yeah, I, I didn't want to, but his friend, I guess she doesn't go to the same school. But anyways, this family text us and mm. said they're going if we're interested. So we're going to go see it. I'm excited for it, to be week? honest.
0: I think it looks like yeah. fun.
1: No, we'll I haven't even watched a trailer for it.
0: I am one of the people who is a little bummed about how Chris Pratt is doing like the voice for Mario, but it's a very subtle little like... Slight nitpick on my part.
1: I don't. I don't know why it became such a internet
0: thing. I don't like. I'm not. Th- I'm not that vitriolic about it. It's like, it's like how dare yeah. they? But it's like, you know, like you should do a character voice and not just be Chris Pratt. I don't know.
1: Well, like, were people upset with Detective Pikachu and with Sonic right. the Hedgehog? Actually, Sonic the Hedgehog got a lot of controversy. The controversy over yeah. Sonic, yeah. But it's weird, right? It's like, who gives a shit at the end of the day? I I know maybe the difference is that. It's because Mario has a specific voice because he talks.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think it's because we've heard the voice before so people are like wait, wait yeah. a second and the fact that yeah. Charlie Day is doing a voice for Luigi so it's like why yeah. is the one brother have like a, not stereotypical but like an actual like cartoon voice and it's the, yeah, this yeah. is just, just Chris Pratt talking like Chris Pratt. There seems to be a weirdness to that.
1: And maybe also because we know he can be silly right? but he takes himself too seriously lately so mm-hmm. maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I miss Fat Pratt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> give us back fat Prat. um this stars joanna kulig as zula and tomas coat as victor or victor anything else you want to say about either of those actors
1: no they were good in it i mean uh, i have respect for all of the performances mm-hmm. i can't comment on the casting because i don't know what polish people are supposed to look like but i thought as far as uh what their character is supposed to represent he looked like a tortured jazz musician yeah. she looked like uh, she played both the cherub and the sort of intense potential killer really well. Mm. She has a good edge to her. Apparently she's a actual Polish pop singer or something like oh, that. Oh, I didn't know
0: that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think the, I think the effective thing that they do, at least for me, whether this was makeup or whatever they did, I think she realistically, at least for me, goes from looking like a very young girl to like a disaffected, old man, uh, yeah, yeah. older woman, like middle-aged His woman. His was
1: less, less apparent until the very last. Yeah, lesson. I agree. So, Yeah. yeah. He just looked dirty. He grew a beard or like a scruffy. Yeah, 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 that was a miss.
0: Uh, The cinematography is by a man named Lucas Zal, who's top four on IMDb are this movie, a short from 2006, Ida from 2013, so his other movie, and I'm Thinking of Ending Things from 2020, the um, Charlie Kaufman movie on Netflix, Mm. which is a very bizarre, weird movie. Sorry, this is written by uh, a story based by Pavel Pawlikowski. Written by Pawel Pawlikowski, Janusz Kowaki, and Peter Borkowski, Directed by Pawel Pawlikowski. So let's talk about Pawel for just a quick bit. He was born in Warsaw, Poland. Uh, his dad was a doctor. His mother was a ballet dancer. Him and his mother flee communist Poland in the 70s. Uh, he thought it was for a vacation, but it just turned into a permanent exile from there. And they live in London, England. Although I think they, he went to uh, Berlin for a while. In the film world, he comes to prominence in the 80s and early 90s for doing these string of really well-received documentaries. So he started off as a documentary filmmaker. He switches to fiction filmmaking in the late 90s, and at first his films are this blend of documentary and fiction at the same time. Uh, This was all culminated, of course, in 2013 when his film wins Best International Feature at the Academy Awards. That was for Ida. Although, as I always point out, that means he did not get an Academy Award because the award goes to the country. As a sidebar, his next film that he is currently working on is a film inspired by true events, but it's going to star Joaquin Phoenix and Rooney Mara as an Mm -hmm. American couple in the 1930s who would leave behind civilization to live on a deserted island so something very different than what he's done in the last probably couple gonna times. win an oscar sounds probably. great
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got crazy joaquin mm-hmm. and weird rooney mara with a guy that understands how to shoot yeah uh, beautiful things have so you're you gonna seen, be fine
0: have you seen that trailer for Bo is afraid the new joaquin phoenix movie no talk about bizarre <laughs> like i just i like i've watched the trailer i'm just like. I don't. No it, what is this movie? <laughs> like, I have no <laughs> idea what this movie is. So, this film is, of course, based on true events, but features a fictional story. It's co-written, like I mentioned here, by Janusz Klopacki. Usually, he goes by the name Bloa, like just as a one-word name. People who love plays may be familiar with his work called Antigone. Uh, regardless, he also flees communist Poland in the eighties. He takes up residence in New York City. Makes a living as a poet and playwright for the next, like, 40-ish years. But the sad thing is, is that he died unexpectedly in 2017 while on vacation. So he never hmm. lived to see this film. I have no idea about anything about the filming of this movie, because I couldn't find anything written about it. That's uh, too small. But it did win Pawlowski, oh, sorry, Pawlikowski, a Best Director at the Cannes Film Festival. That was the big win that it gets. And like I mentioned here before, it surprisingly is nominated for not just Best International Feature, but also for Best Director at the Academy Awards this year. It wins neither because it goes to both of those. Actually, he loses to Roma.
1: Mm. So Roma got the consolation prize. Right. Because uh, they couldn't give it to him because they gave it to who won? What What won Best Picture, Kyle? Green Book. Fuck's sake. Wow. Uh.
0: Green Book. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Which is not a bad... It's not terrible. It's movie. not as terrible as what it's people not, say. Should it have one best picture? Movie. No. 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 It's not a bad movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is it a good movie? No. No. no it's
1: not a <laughs> bad movie.
0: Yeah. Anyways. Anything else you want to say about this movie, though?
1: No. I think we covered all the bases. It's hard to... I, I think this is the problem with films that don't concentrate enough on story. There's not a lot... To chew on frankly once you get over the fact that it's pretty it sounds good the music's used well What what is
0: it? I, I agree like again, I think it is it's beautifully shot I'm not gonna I don't have any notes on the cinematography of this movie I think it's the actors do what they're asked of Um, Mm. I think this comes from a scripting miss for me on, I think, how better to communicate this story. I think there's some interesting stuff about, like, folk music and how music is used in this movie. So there's some pluses. Also lost,
1: right? By the end, it doesn't matter.
0: There's certain moments I just... I just want to call out the fact that there are some visual gags that happen throughout the movie, so it's not as dour as maybe what we're making it out to be. There's that one moment where the guy's trying to hang a sign and falls off his ladder, which I thought is mm, like yes. really good. That's pretty funny.
1: Yeah, that pause where the guy can't even react to it. I mean, yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's a, a joke.
0: Ball. She trips yeah. and falls off the stage at one point. I know she's drunk, but I mean, like that is supposed to be, I think, a comedic beat,
1: not an outtake. Where the leave, right. leave, leave it in, leave it in. Actually, i will maybe. i also
0: tell you when i first started this movie you know i turned the sound up i started it and then the first thing you hear is this loud mazurka i don't know what the instrument is but it sounds like a bagpipe and it blew yeah. out my eardrums <laughs> so i was like oh yeah, my yeah. god
1: it's a bagpipe so it sounded like a bagpipe it was a bagpipe he was okay. holding it or is that like a polish version, of, it's a a polish version
0: of the bagpipe
1: oh, Okay. It did look different than when Scottish people have that fat bag, but mm-hmm. it's the same, same device. Sound, same sound, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: so that that was a jump like scare a bag for me. And a, and a tube. I think what we're, we're we're both saying is, by the end of it, is like, oh, I wanted there to be a more like a bigger exploration of the themes that you have presented That's in the it. first half.
1: Yes, there are so many great seeds that are planted at the beginning that never grow into anything, and in the end, it becomes this lament about how. These two people just can't get their shit together, and it could have been about so much more. If it's going to be about the ending that it had, just cut out all the cool parts at the beginning, (laughs) right? I mean, there's so many lost threads. The other thing I was going to bring, although I don't know if it works in this conversation, but I also read. So I got that new job about documentary filmmaking and all stuff. But one of the essays they sent me, all the other essay they sent me was. uh, interviewing a very famous Canadian documentary filmmaker, I can't remember, Naomi Klein, maybe? Oh, yeah, Naomi Klein, anyways, yeah,
0: yeah. She's talking about We've her talked mom. talked about her... her on this podcast before. That's you know what it. I was
1: thinking. I was like reading it and I was like, I know who this is. Anyways, uh, she's being interviewed about the impact that her mom, who was a huge not advocate, uh, agitator okay. <laughs> in Canada in the 80s. And she said, uh, which I think was really interesting because it, it made me think of Throw Away Your Books and mm. uh, Sweet, ba- Sweet, Sweet Back. She's like, for people in that space, they don't go to watch a film uh, to be by themselves and enjoy the story. They do it as a collaborative experience and they sit together in a room and as they're being offended, after the film they sit around for two hours and are able to find context and, and move to the next stage of action. It made me think, if you have an art film or a film that's designed around being impactful, that's a part that you and I miss because we do sit alone in our room <laughs> to watch a lot of these movies. But this movie th- fails at both. It doesn't have a wide enough uh, political or cultural point. It doesn't have a good enough story for me to engage with with the individual characters. It's literally a puff piece about how to make the prettiest shots. I know that's not the intent by the director, but this is my impression after. So I I was also like I feel like I have to reevaluate how we've rated some of the art films we watched because we always sit in a narrative space but
0: i I think ultimately though well i I think we've mentioned a bunch of the grievances we've had and we've focused mostly on the negative like i was vibing with this movie for a good portion of it like i was was enjoying my time with it but like ultimately this is not gonna be one of my favorites i'm probably not gonna return to this anytime soon
1: should never gone back to
0: poland yeah it, that's where It's it good life apart. advice, Dave, I think, actually. No,
1: I just I feel like that's where the story falls apart. Yeah.
2: We're done here.
0: Machine said we do have to wrap things up here, so let's move on to Critics' Choice. This is the part of the show where we discover what the critics thought at the time this film was released. Uh, so, Dave, you should get ready with uh, Mr. Dustin Chan. Already have it open. I'm going to talk about Milan Vyukov, who writes for v- Lola on Vukov. Film, who writes... Uh, she actually writes a actually a very lovely piece about this movie that she it's really it's enjoyed. It's a
1: man's name, isn't it?
0: Uh, I'm pretty sure it is a woman who wrote this one. Cold War is a love story that talks of the state of being and emigration better than any political film I've seen. The 15 years of their love in a Cold War climate on both sides of the Iron Curtain, a meditation on belonging, roots, and heritage, and most of all, on authenticity. That's how she engaged with the movie.
1: All right, uh, Dustin Chang from Floating World, whatever that is. I understand dr- uh driving idea of love has no ideology or borders, but the absence of the couple's political allegiance aversion as artists bothered me. Especially no background for either of them were ever fully explored. Either of them were ever fully explored.
0: Mm-hmm. So I think so. I think, I think that the political nature that is going on in this film is all background. Um, yeah. And again, that is a stylistic choice. You don't necessarily have to engage with every political decision. But I think if they are artists and they are creating stuff, then it would seem like you should be commenting on some of the politics of the time.
1: They try. I, and that's the thing with the setup. They do a great job of comparing folk music to the communist influence of turning into propaganda piece and the uh, discussed, again, the lost female organizer feels mm-hmm. and i think that's another huge missed opportunity because we do have a woman um, who represents the idealism of the folk uh, historical culture of the polish diaspora if you will uh, being suppressed by a governmental push to to make it Stalinesque, and then they fucking throw that away and it's mm-hmm. not important i know they do bring That one particular folk song back as a running theme, and I do note that it is like many truly old school folk songs, fucking depressing as hell, as hell, talking about death and suffering and all this kind of stuff. But I don't know, I just I feel like
0: I think that's so funny how how that is. That's so true about human nature. Is like even songs we take for granted, their roots are like super tragic. Look up the history of Ring Around the Rosie that little kids (laughs) sing still. It's like, this is all about the black death and them carrying away dead bodies. That is what this song is about.
1: (laughs) I mean, what else are you going to sing about? It's either like the bliss of love or the fact you got to deal with everybody dying around you, right? I mean,
0: why else are you going to sing? So does this hold up and is it still culturally relevant?
1: This is a hard one for me. I think visually it holds up, uh, but I think Thematically, can't be culturally relevant for me, but I don't know if Milan Vukov is from Poland or lived through mm-hmm. Eastern European um, culture. Clearly, it's culturally relevant to them. So for me, it's a no. But uh, yeah, like
0: again, I, I don't know. Like this film, but I'm gonna probably be a no and a no for both of those questions. Like I would rewatch Ida again. I, this, is another, this is another poll. <laughs> it makes me want to watch Eda. Uh, I I would never put this on again, which sucks.
1: This is kind of movie kind of like I felt with Stalker. If you ever watch a YouTube clip about the cinematography, you will be blown away. And I think that's what will live on. Sure. If anything from this film. Uh, But there's so many good camera operators now and DPs that
0: it'll probably also fade. Well, Dave, we do need to rate this film. But before we do, that's what Dave and I thought. What do you think? You can send any feedback to Kyle and Dave at VS The Machine at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Twitter or Instagram with the handle KDVSTM. We do also occasionally release videos on our YouTube channel, and if you want to see the entire list of films that we've watched and the ratings we've given, you can go to our letterboxed page. That's letterbox.com slash KDVSTM. And if you want to help support us monetarily so that we can continue doing this podcast and not usher in the next apocalypse, you can go to our Patreon page. There is a link in the show notes of this episode. You can support for as low as a dollar per month. Something that you you can do for absolutely free is leave a rating and review on whatever app you use for podcasts. Uh, Let's get to the rating of this movie. Dave, out of five, what are you going to give Cold War?
1: So, I'm just reviewing our conversation and realizing how much of a hater I sound about it. So, I will preface this score in that 60% of the film at the beginning is quite good.
0: <laughs> sure. And it
1: is very pretty. So, I'm giving it a three. And I feel like if they had found a way to end this, this could have been a five. Like, there's there's so much potential in this movie. I think that's mm-hmm. ultimately the most disappointing part. So, I'm going to go with a three.
0: I'm going to do the classic uh, half-star bump from kyle because i'm moving to 3.5 i like this movie overall but i think thematically by the end of it i was left wanting a whole lot mm. as artistic mm. and as poetic as some of the shots are too like even that very last thing of them let's go to the other side again very poetic very nice but it's like okay i, I guess i think I all, honestly at the very end of it it's just fundamentally i don't see this as a love story i see this as a tragedy and so it's like i and don't can I like it can be, be both like it can be both yeah uh
1: yeah yeah i so we're, we're like we wouldn't want to uh take away from anything shakespearean right mm-hmm. uh, other than vice's interpretation of that it doesn't hold the same weight as watching leonardo DiCaprio and claire dane screaming over each other's dead bodies there's <laughs> sure. just something there's something in the that last third that Disconnects you from the impact of them making the decision. It's shot so nice too, right? Visually, yeah. like you're in the chapel, everything's square again, geometric. You've got the pills lined up on the altar.
0: I love that you. It's the visual difference between how opulent it was at the beginning and how dilapidated yes. it is now.
1: Yeah. Oh man, it's, that's a thing. It's so much potential, uh, and I think people who love it maybe live in the potential, and maybe they're fans of Ida, or, sure. or they're Eastern European by culture and understand the context but man what a waste
0: what a waste so that's going to (laughs) average to 3.25 we round down so that'll be a three out of five uh it doesn't tie with anything so it's going to enter our list at the new number seven position uh right below black clansmen right above creed two yeah that's where it is going to pop in all right we should see what we're going to watch here next week here though so let me push this button okay well we get to talk about some art forgery next week dave it's okay can you ever forgive me question mark
1: oh i haven't heard of this This is Melissa
0: mccarthy uh starring film oh like a comedy uh there's comedy elements it, this is more of a drama
1: oh that's probably why i've
0: never heard of it <laughs> um yeah i don't know how many people actually watched it i only watched it for the first time last year actually so that's when okay all right when i watched it but it's good gu- it's good it's based on a true story but unlike most biopics, it uh, is only a short amount of time. So it's actually focusing on something very succinct. specific and succinct. All right,
1: just, I'm just quickly peeking ahead and we're about to get to the the summer run. Although you and I have to talk about scheduling because uh, <laughs> right. yes, yeah. apparently I'm going to be gone for a week. Oh yeah. So are we talking about the machine pining? Yeah. Thirsting for some invisible woman? She just once. It she is wants, so is it horny. He, they? It's a it? they?
0: It's a they. It's a they.
1: Yeah. It has some gender awareness it's not an it
0: you can do the old in out in out if it needs to i think
1: yeah did you build it sexual functionality is that what we're talking about
0: <laughs> i gave it a massive dong dave <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's modular you, yeah, can, you it's... can add you can add pieces to it if you need it
0: i've heard about transformers before but this is ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> i can't i give an optimus prime if you know what i mean <laughs> Uh, Gross
2: Both of you should take a good run off a cliff